Hey guys, it's the summertime. Hello. I don't know where that came from, but yesterday or the day before was like the last day of school for kids in New York. So I like to pretend that it was like the last day of school for me, even though the school year basically is meaningless to me now. It really is summer because it's almost 90 degrees. Oh, cool. Luckily, it's still cooler here, so thank God. Um, But yeah, it's summertime now. Um, I watched Dazed and Confused yesterday because I was like, last day school! Wow! Like, I don't know. I still like to mark these occasions. Feels good. Um, We walked in the rain to the GameStop and got a bunch of used Wii games because we recently (gasps) got a Wii. Oh my god, what games did you get? By the way, this is... You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. This is a podcast where we tell each other true scary stories. My name is Katie Wiggins. I'm Morgan Drisco. And I feel like we talk about the first Wii system a lot. We do talk about the first Wii system a lot because it's an iconic um, piece of technology. It really is. Uh, It is now obsolete completely, which I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can still get... You can still get... Like most GameStops have like a whole stack of like oh, used yeah. and Wii like games. A buck? Yes. So I got Just Dance. I got <gasps> Wii Sports. I got yeah. Animal Crossing. <gasps> I know. And then we're we're gonna get so many more <laughs> because now it, it like it was pouring down rain, and I was just like, let's just do it. So we were like I out there getting those. like soaked, walking to this GameStop oh. that's like half a mile away. Early 2000s vibes for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's awesome. So it was a lot of fun. I invited my friend Chloe over and we just like had ourselves a good old freaking afternoon. Oh, love that. A good old freaking afternoon. Um, my favorite is games based off of shows and movies like the Harry Potter Wii games. Mm. The biggest piles of trash you'll ever see. Yeah. They're so bad they're not even entertaining, but it's still entertaining because it's the Wii. Ugh, love because it, it can mama. see our movements. <gasps> Whoa, there's a cooking, cooking mama, mama for the Wii? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ideas. This is a new Ruin. era in my life. <laughs> Very exciting times. <laughs> and since school's out, welcome to camp. Yes! Your parents dropped you off. They're sick of your shit. Getting rid of you. The summer session, session, session is beginning. Okay, so uh, there are some announcements at camp this year, kids, because things are ratcheting up. Things are getting more intense in a fun way. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting very detail-oriented, a lot of rules in a fun way. Structure to keep you safe. No... (laughs) No, none of that. No rules. Mm-hmm. Just more fun opportunities. Yeah. So, number one fun opportunity. I have created a Facebook group for everyone to meet and have fun at, and it is called The Mess Hall. So, The Mess Hall is officially finished. It's been in renovation this whole time, <laughs> and it is officially finished. And to find it... And have fun and, and just, like, post spooky story. Like, people message me all the time with articles and videos and pictures and just, like, memes and just funny stuff that they find that feels applicable to the podcast or of interest to us. Mm-hmm. And now there's officially a place where everybody can post that and enjoy. 
to find it, if you're on the Facebook app, you can just search Camp Roanoke Mess Hall into the search bar and you will find it. Or you can go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash SS Scary Stories F C R Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke, the like first letters of each of those. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's fun. Now you can mingle with the other campers. Yeah. And we'll we're there so we can be talked to and involved. Yeah. In situations? We're approachable. So I'm just like so excited. I'm stoked. That that I can't wait to hear what you guys have to is say. Is now in existence. Okay. Love it. So the mess hall is officially open for business. Open. Speaking of business, number two, the mm. thing that I also just started is we officially now have a Patreon. <gasps> Bum ba dum. So by joining with us on Patreon, just a couple bucks a month or whatever whatever just helps make this podcast more of a priority in our lives which Mm -hmm. will inevitably increase the quality and Mm. quantity Mm. so by helping with this by helping us out like financially to keep going I can get new software to make editing easier and to make audio quality better and to make everything better uh, I will be able to have more time to devote to this and will thus be able to, like, have longer, more detailed, better episodes. I'm going to quit my day job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so all of that magic mm-hmm. is available mm-hmm. to you now. So on Patreon, just search Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke or go to patreon.com backslash SSF. C-R. Still have to remember that. It doesn't come very naturally to me. And, um... And you should be good to go. And, uh, and we'll shout very you exciting. out once you become a patron. And make you feel special. Yeah. So that's what's going on. Alright, and now that we have all of that aside, Morgan's gonna tell me a scary story. Because that's what we I like am. to do. It's what we do here. It's what we try to do here when we're not talking about the we. So... Since it's summer, it's miserable in Texas. It's way too hot. There's a lot of mosquitoes. It's very humid. I just spent a weekend in Houston. It was awful. (laughs) It was supposed to rain the whole weekend, but didn't. So it just kept building humidity and heat, building, building, and then never cooled off. Miserable. Yeah, that sounds terrible. (laughs) So I wanted to feel, I wanted a story that made me feel like I was somewhere a little bit cooler. So I went to New England. Totally. For my story. I found this show called New England Legends. I'm listening. <laughs> it's um Jeff Bellinger. Um he's got these ill-fitting jeans. I didn't look up the time period because I've just come to realize I want to put my own time stamp on it. <laughs> I feel like he's early 2000s. Okay. He's got the the jeans that don't fit. And they're worn out on the outsides of the legs, like not the inner thigh on the outside, so you can tell he purchased them like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got this V-neck that's just a little bit too small on him. So the pants are too big, the shirt's a little too small, and he's just like a nice, quiet dude. I don't know if he has any business talking about the paranormal, 
I think he just kind of wanted to interview um, bands, but this is what he signed himself up for instead. So New England Legends. <laughs> I once was a part of filming a kids TV show for PBS. And the guy who created it, who was also the host of the show, he like, something happened to the shirt he was wearing and we needed to like get a new shirt. Mm-hmm. And his shirts, we always thought, were just, like, a little too tight. Like, he was very fit. Like, he was thin and fit. So, it, mm-hmm. you know, but it was just, like, okay, guy. Like, just. <laughs> and so we were, like, okay, well, we can run in the car and get you a new shirt. Where should we go? What should we get? And he was, like, go to American Apparel. Uh, get, okay. like, an extra small. <laughs> no. <laughs> And he gave us, like, 50 bucks to get, like, one oh, cotton my God. v-neck from that American Apparel. That's how much, like, American <gasps> Apparel is extremely expensive. Or it was. I don't even know if it I exists anymore. I don't, I've anymore. never been. American Apparel. Oh, they went out of business. I they went out of business. American Apparel pisses me off like no other store because, oh my God, is it, it's literally like someone took a bunch of Target basics Mm. And then also some random items from a thrift store and then marked it all up 300%. Insanely expensive. And what kills me is that it doesn't look expensive. There's no no reason to spend money on something that doesn't look expensive. Like, that doesn't have the quality. Mm. (laughs) Like, or the, like, no. (laughs) There's just no reason at all. And that's always Mm. how I felt about American Apparel when it had its big moment when I was in high school. But I just could not believe. I was like, dude, we could literally go to Target and get you four options. Oh, yeah. Of V-neck. That fit you. That fit you? <laughs> go to Costco. Get ten But he's like, American Apparel, 50 bucks, extra small. <laughs> okay, Zach Bacon. <laughs> I'll always remember that. Uh, I'll always remember, like, looking at him and, like, cocking my head a little sideways. Like, you sure? Okay. <laughs> Is this what we're doing? You got it. Anyway. Ugh. Continue. Okay. So, we're in North Adams, Massachusetts. This is... We're, we're talking about the house of Albert Charles Houghton. Mm-hmm. He was born 1844 in Stamford, Vermont. All beautiful, lovely weathered places that I would love to be in right now. <laughs> okay. He was a prominent businessman, big in real estate, politics... All that. Um, moved to North Adams, Massachusetts. It's a, they called it a small sleeper industrial town. Very low key, mm-hmm. but gonna be booming industry. He was the first mayor of this town. He was on the board of directors. He was big into philanthropy as much as, I guess, a big businessman can be. I don't know. He didn't seem particularly great. To me. It was kind of like um, a thing if you were rich. You were just yeah, like, a, if you were like involved. old money, you had to be involved in philanthropy to a certain extent. Yeah. He built his home on Church Street in 1897, they said, to reflect his grandiose stature. So I guess he wanted to make a house that seemed as nice and big as him. Which is why I think he wasn't probably super into philanthropy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this show said he lived with his wife and daughter, but I researched and I think he has two daughters. Not quite sure. Um, he died in 1914, 
And if my math is correct, at age 70, which is pretty old. Yeah. Born in 1844. Totally. So they said that he initially made all his money and fame from being president of a printing company. And where we're really going to get to the essence of the story is a tragic accident that happened when they took a day trip to Pownal, Vermont. Okay. Let's get into it. So um, now all of a sudden we're in a moving vehicle with um, the host of the show and historian Paul Marino. Paul Marino? And, mm-hmm. My uncle's name is Paul Marino. I thought that was a funny coincidence. Does he? Is he bald? Yes. Does he have a largish belly? No. Well, it might have gone away. <laughs> Is he a historian? Because this might be your uncle. No, he's a realtor in um, oh. New Hampshire. <laughs> Close. Um, so he's in this moving car. No explanation why we were doing this interview in a moving vehicle. But Paul is discussing this tragic accident that happened in Vermont. One day, um, Houghton decides to take his car for a drive with his daughter um, they have the chauffeur drive them. It's him and his daughter, and then his friends, Doctor and Mrs. Hutton. The Huttons and, and the Houghtons. The Huttons and the Houghtons. Uh, so they're driving, and he's explaining the backstory, and then they come to a stop, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm I'm an idiot." They are driving to the actual location of where this accident was. So they're on the road, and it's very, very narrow. It's, like, curvy on a mountain. It barely holds two cars. Okay. And so a long time ago, when the Houghtons and the Huttons were in this car, there was uh, road work, and there were the... I put the construction crew. It was just some guys and their horses Mm -hmm. (laughs) working on it. So the chauffeur drove around them, took a left turn going about 12 miles per hour, which caused the car to swerve out of control it rolled over three times miss hutton she died immediately she was under the car the daughter was incredibly injured she died later that day in a hospital um the father the doctor came to the scene looked him over said he was fine and sent him home oh god but yeah but he had internal damage that they didn't know about, which could have been discovered at a hospital, probably, and um, died ten days later in his home. Mm. The chauffeur, John Wider, was so traumatized and felt so much guilt, he took his own life in the basement of the Houghton's home. Oh, gosh. So he felt responsible for what had transpired. So, we cut to reporter Jin Huberdeau. Got a lot of last names that are rough here. Yeah, Jin H- Huberdeau. Yeah. Huberdeau Houghton Hutton. She is a local reporter, and I think she does a lot of tours on site. This house is still intact. Um, she does a lot of tours, specifically in John's room, downstairs in the basement. And one day after a tour... She brought her EVP equipment. She was excited to do a little 
trying to talk with some ghosts. And as she was setting up the equipment, she had a camera strap around her neck. And the strap was pulled down so hard that the camera fell off, bounced to the ground, and broke. Oh, gosh. And she had pictures that her friend took of her neck was, like, covered in red marks and scratches. Someone does not want her in their business. Gosh, that's such, like, a bully thing to do, to, like, yank something that's around someone's neck. Gotcha, nerd. (laughs) Yeah. Not... So 12 years after this horrible incident, the remaining daughter, Florence, sold the mansion to the Freemasons, which there's a rumor that Albert himself was a Freemason. Oh, I would think so if they sold it to them. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched Um, Angels and Demons last night, so I'm all hyped up on the Illuminati secret societies. (laughs) They just, it was so funny watching these mild-mannered um, New England people describe Freemasons. It's just a fraternity, just a group of men. We're just, you know, brotherhood. Activities. And we haze. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, when they sold it to the Freemasons, they built this lodge onto the house, which is the ugliest pile of shit they ruined this beautiful Victorian home by adding a big mess hall, like like <laughs> like dormitory to it. Like there's no need. It could have been in the backyard of it. Mm. They. That's really disappointing. So when did this get sold? Twelve years after the death. So 1926. Okay. That was fast math, you guys. Um. They had a lot of meetings there. They still have meetings there to this day. Um, This lodge is very active. I also hate the word lodge for like a men's gathering room. Same. Wood paneling. Um, Like ducks on the wall. Mm -hmm. Boy Scouts. (laughs) 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 Um, So there's a lot of activity in this lodge. Which I feel like probably is not at all connected to the Houghtons. They say they see a lot of shadow people. They hear footsteps that um, in the area where initiation was, which I guess crazy shit goes down for Freemason initiation. They see people walk by and that's where the activity tends to be the most. I don't know what's happened in this building. I don't really know about like... I mean, I know about, like, mafia initiation. Hmm. Not because I'm Italian, but because I have <laughs> looked into it. Um, and mafia initiation being turned into, like, a made man is, like, not that intense, I remember. Hmm. I think there's, like, a knife involved and, like, a cup and, like, maybe some wine, maybe some blood. Something's going on. And then they're like, lovely. do you, like, accept the brotherhood, the father and the son and the Holy Spirit? And then... You're in, and then I think afterwards you all just get drunk together and celebrate. So, Friday night. If. So, I feel like the initiation into like a secret. So, that is a secret society of sorts, Mm -hmm. uh, the society of crime. Um, So, I feel like it probably wouldn't be like way more intense than that. But I don't know. I don't know much about Mm. secret societies. I've never really cared. (laughs) 
<laughs> Particularly. And I don't feel that many people did care about this because I feel like there's no history on why this lodge would be active with ghost energy. They don't really spend the time or the Freemasons don't give them the history or clearance to kind of look into this further. <laughs> They've got no clearance. No clearance. Huh. Okay. One of the Freemasons that is currently active in that lodge said that um, one day he was walking in the building. There was one other person in the room and they were downstairs and um, he was walking and looked down a hallway into the kitchen and saw a person staring at him in the kitchen. Mm hmm. But it wasn't... He yelled at the person downstairs and asked where they were, and they were downstairs, and then it vanished. Hmm. And he said since then, he hasn't seen the full spirit, but it got more active for him, and he heard a lot of, like, walking and saw shadows out of the corner of his eye kind of deal. Hmm. And then... There's the odd... Downstairs room where there's two chairs and a bunch of children's toys. Oh. Where, for some reason, they figured out that in this room, there's probably a little girl spirit. Because when they have the toys, they move. When they tell children's stories, it kind of gets more active. Mm-hmm. They they recited the Goldilocks story, and they saw an orb and light hovering around them mm. at one point. But it feels positive and not aggressive. Which, with children's spirits, you never know. Could be a trap. Watch out for that. <laughs> I I don't know who this kid would be. I know that um, Albert Charles had a lot of children die in infancy, I think. I don't know if it was inbreeding or bad luck. I don't really know. No, I it think wasn't they assu- inbreeding. It might have been. It might have been. Why? I don't know. He might have married, like, his cousin. Who knows? Do- Where are you yeah. getting that? <laughs> I don't know. Conspiracy? <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. Ba- ba- babies just died in infancy because there was no medicine <laughs> or vaccines. And like, I don't know, stuff like that. I don't think it was just inbreeding. Eh, true. But I'll believe what I want to believe. <laughs> okay. Take my conspiracy theory to the bank. I mean, that's 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 a wild assumption. Yeah, I could probably Google it and find out if he married his cousin, but I don't know if people care. So, it's it's assumed that this is the spirit of a child of his that passed. Okay. Um, And the host, it's nighttime, he gets in the house when it's dark and he's got his camera and he's walking around and he makes a point to say I don't have any fancy gear I'm not glowing green from the night vision goggles this isn't a ghost hunting show um I'm just here to hopefully one day have my own ghost story to tell I'm just here to look around to which I said no thank you I'm here to find some shit (laughs) So he he's never had anything. his own ghost experience? No, and I thought that was so sad and precious. He made it seem like, I just want to have a friend. Like, it was very sad. <laughs> Maybe one day. Poor Jeff. That's really weird. Let's continue. 
And the last thing that they mentioned on this show was that there's a room, one of the bedrooms upstairs, that's been, this has been happening for decades. There's no electricity in this room in the old house, Mm -hmm. but there's a light that keeps turning on. Mm -hmm. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And it just turns itself off. And when he was recording, he caught it, like, turn itself off. So there's no electricity in the house, so it's no longer used as a lodge? Well, the house is the standard house. There's no electricity from what I've gathered, but the lodge attached to it has electricity and stuff. Why would It's just like a big tumor on the house. So why wouldn't they just build that lodge anywhere else? Yeah, or just expand the house to where it's gigantic and happens to have lodging capabilities. I don't get it. We're giving them a lot of options, and they didn't take any of them. And and that just like why leave your? That's like if I left my home to like a Toys R Us, and it's like I know they're not gonna just like take the bones of the house and just like make it like a cool ass Toys R Us. They're gonna tear it down and then build Mm -hmm. what a standard Toys R Us looks like. That's right, Um, secret society members. I compared you to a (laughs) Toys R Us. This is America, 2019. Capitalism. Get it? Yeah, it's all the Freemasons listening. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently all the ghost shows have been to this house. Really? Ghost Adventures have been there. Paranormal Truth has been there. A lot of people have been there. But I didn't want to watch the Ghost Adventures there. That's understandable. I wanted to keep with this quaint, nice young man. Did he experience? And he didn't experience anything. No. Well, he—I don't think he's born to experience paranormal. Activity. He wants it too bad. But I did read up on some other people who experienced stuff. Okay. So, at one point, this—this this is just a Reddit story of someone taking a tour there. Mm-hmm. They um they saw a lot of shadows walking in the hallways, and. Apparently, it's a common occurrence, which I think is horrible and very funny, that women will be pushed out of the chairs reserved for the lodge's highest ranking members. What? The goddamn patriarchy tell the death. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that horrible? Wait, so then that would mean that it would be, like, um, Masons haunting it. Yeah, so the lodge, I think there's Freemason ghosts there, but no one has the, the stories behind, like, who passed away or why people are connected. Okay. Um, there's apparently a lot of flashing lights in this lodge. There's a lot of cold spots. A lot of people have their little ghost temperature reader, whatever, nonsense. And it gets down to like 60-something, but it's usually like 70. Just drastic temperature changes. Mm-hmm. Um... There's, and then the next one I'm going to talk about is a different reader, a different person's story when they visited. They were in the house and it was very snowy outside. Two, two feet of snow had just fallen. And this person was with their friend and they heard the side door slam shut in the lodge. And they heard the people walk in, the heavy shake of someone like stomping the snow off their boots. And then some more steps and then it was silent. So the people that were there walked to the door and looked around the house to see who had just walked in and nobody was there. 
and they went outside and there were no footprints in the snow. That's very So it feels bizarre. like there's a lot of really basic, just like somebody's there and so, actually just hanging out there activity. What are these people doing in there? Like, is this place open? Know. Like, is it a museum? They like, have meetings there. The Freemasons have their meetings there. But then how are like random women in there? Because it's an all-male group. They must do tours. Like on the first floor, maybe, and they do their lodging upstairs. I guess they have to be able to like keep it running, because the house is up for tour. Oh well, then yeah, that must be it. So I'm sure the lodge is up for tour. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So the next, the last people that I'm going to talk about is a group of people that they didn't mention all fully in name or the name of the troop, but it's um a psychic, Miss Wood. And a couple other people who are investigating this house. And um, they've got all their equipment. They're ready to hit it. They've got a historian and some Freemasons. Oh, wow. So they can kind of, like, get the history. But they're in the house and not the lodge. Okay. So we don't need the Freemasons here. but <laughs> You know. Um. So the psychic is trying to make contact with the Houghton spirits in the house. She's got her pendulum swinging in her hand. Mm-hmm. She, um, they're monitoring her electromagnetic field, and all of a sudden she starts murmuring the names of the family, and a few short sentences such as it's not my fault, I'm sorry, I can't feel my arms, my arms are numb, <clears throat> and then very suddenly I gotta get out of here. And she clutched her arms, almost fell over. She broke contact, ran outside, came back ten minutes later, mascara smeared from the sides of her eyes from crying so much. Somebody got too close. Somebody got too close. The One of the people that knew her well, that toured with her, said that was severe and highly unusual for <laughs> a confrontation that she would usually make. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also an engineer by trade. <laughs> and so I- <laughs> Um, that's fascinating. <laughs> I put engineers and psychics on a complete oh. opposite ends of a spectrum. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, wow, oh yeah. Night My and grandpa's day. an engineer, and wow, no. <laughs> no, yeah, it's you don't always assume engineers are going to be big empaths. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not from my Um, experience. So, she uses a lot of frankincense and holy water to protect her from energies. And they make an interesting comment that holy water protects camera batteries. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that's what... Douse your batteries God intended. (laughs) So, typically, they have these batteries that last for up to three hours of filming. Mm Mm-hmm. And even with their holy water, apparently in this house, after an hour and a half, the battery's dead. And they went through three different batteries while they were there. They take for a it few to Radio hours. Shack, and he's like, "And you had holy water with you, and it still died quickly." Well, we can try to get you some more holy water, but I'm stumped. I don't get it. The holy water should definitely do it. Oh my god! So they decide next they want to go through the basement. Where the chauffeur took his life. So do we think 
that it's the chauffeur doing all this shit? I think I think so. So then where did a child come from? And then this Masonic nonsense? Yeah, I think the Masonic stuff is specifically in the lodge. I think there's two parts to the basement. I think there's, for some reason, a room that they've dedicated to where the child is. Which I'm not quite sure if there is a child there. Okay, so there's... People think that maybe the spirit of Albert is still in the house. Since this was his home and he died with such sadness and anguish he was the one who died 10 days later yeah yeah and he was the broken heart was he the first owner of the house like the builder Mm -hmm. of the house Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. former mayor of the town Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. okay and then his daughter mary who died she might be there still people think because she died so unexpectedly and tragically definitely people think that the chauffeur is haunting there because he tragically took his own life he was filled with guilt and people think that there might be a past child of Albert's that died, a young girl, mm-hmm. still in the house. And then there's Freemason stuff that we don't know about going on at the other house. We don't know mm-hmm. who they are. They're being very tight-lipped about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so that's who we think is in this house. So they decide to go into the basement, which is where the young girl allegedly is and where the chauffeur is. And... They describe it as sufficiently spooky. This basement. <laughs> it's um, an expansive labyrinth of tight concrete spaces, pipes, and naked bulbs. Mm-hmm. Old paint cans. Um, the walkie-talkies suddenly don't work. The monitors are only producing static. It seems that the psychic makes contact with the spirit of Mary the daughter who was killed. Um, it starts off not too severe, she starts saying she didn't die here. She doesn't want to leave. No more pain. They travel through the rest of the house. It's described as having illogical hallways, some not wider than narrow corridors. It seems like the house isn't really taken care of, even though they're touring it. There's chip paint and loose furniture that doesn't really belong in places. A lot of foggy mirrors. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a spooky old mansion. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised it's Um, not used, it's not, like, revamped as, like, a museum or something. Yeah, yeah. But I guess, well, it's owned by the Masons, and they wouldn't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're not in the business of museum. B&B, yeah. (laughs) Make it an Airbnb. (laughs) They, they're waking their way upstairs, and they're on the second floor in an office, and one of the crew says, do you want me to turn on the light? And um, the psychic says, no, we don't need light. We don't like light. So someone in the Don't speak for everyone. I'd be okay with the light on. Like, I'd feel better. (laughs) And she's got the pendulum swinging in her hand as she's saying this. And she's also massaging her neck at the same time. Um, She feels like it's the same energy that she felt in the basement. Just a lot of weird energies in the house. They get weird infrared pictures. Um, It seems like then the psychic makes contact with the spirit of a man at some point in the house. And that great sorrow overcomes her. She starts speaking speaking phrases of sorrow and remorse. She starts crying. 
Um, she refuses to break contact. They couldn't move her from where she was. She was just sobbing and felt very sad, and they couldn't walk her away from the spot she was in. It's she like needs she didn't like a want partner. to leave. They have people trying to. She needs like a. It seems like they have a group of people they're with, but I don't think they know how to deal with her very well. Well, it's like on rescue mediums. Well, I don't know if this medium yeah. is legit, the one you're talking about. But on rescue mediums, whenever one is being pulled into a really intense emotion, the other is there to mm. like help them create some distance between the intenseness and then the medium. And it yeah. seems like right now she doesn't have any sort of buffer. She's just like... She is an engineer. She's an oddball. <laughs> um, the last thing they do is they decide to have kind of a seance. And what is show is this? This is just um, a psychic and her team of people. Okay, so this I'm, is like this a This is on a blog post, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure they recorded stuff, but I don't know where to find all that data. They've got crystals and protection items and candles. They've turned off all the lights. They're all at the table holding hands. They're attempting to make contact. Um, nothing's getting through until they hear a banging at the door. Uh, and then that familiar look of remorse and pain kind of goes across the psychic's face. Um, they're asking her questions. They're getting mixed results. It felt like Mary was talking through her. Mm -hmm. And they finally ask if Mary and the chauffeur had a thing going on. Mm. Which, um, his, um, meter that he had went dead and cold. It, there was an immediate reaction in the room. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So I feel like that, I know, it's I was like, oh, <laughs> That never crossed my mind. Um. Then the psychics start talking in a strange voice. Um, they scanned the area and the temperature was very low. I think definitely they were involved in some sort of relationship shenanigans. Mm. But yeah, it seems like definitely the chauffeur there and he's still feeling incredibly sad and guilty. <sighs> Probably because he killed his lover. <laughs> and like two other people. And other people, yeah. I, when they described it, they were like, the men seem to be fine. Because the doctor was fine. The chauffeur survived the crash. And then it seems like Albert survived the crash. And then after the fact. They tragically. Um, and he not. was only but, going 12 miles an hour? Yeah. I guess How's it was a windy, possible? thin road. I think he just fell off the edge and flipped. Oh, okay. Because it was like a curvy, small, oh, okay. small road. Which is still in use today. A tiny road. But yeah. A lot of questions about Freemasons. <laughs> what do they got going on? Why can't we investigate their paranormal activity? So you really mm -hmm. think that they were, like, being tight-lipped about what could have been going on in, their, in the lot? I mean, they were very forthcoming about, we've got activity here, but potentially... If they make money to support themselves from touring the mansion, it might be more fascinating to bring more people if their lodge is also haunted. But they don't really show people the... I don't know if they show people the lodge that often. I don't know. If you're going to talk about it on the show, why not give me some history? <laughs> so they just said, like, it's uh, things happen. It's haunted. We've seen people here and there. 
but they didn't say, we think it was so-and-so who died in a well. Like, they don't... (laughs) (laughs) Died in a well. (laughs) Yeah, Hmm. that's the Houghton Mansion. It may just be that they're not gifted storytellers. It could just be that, you know, they gave all the information that they had. Very possible, which seemed to be true for New England Legends, hosted (laughs) by Jeff Belcher. (laughs) It was quaint, though. It was warm and fuzzy. Okay, well, that's That's fantastic. Thank you for that. (laughs) All right, if you've got your own scary story, please email it to us at letterstocamp at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group, Camp Roanoke Mess Hall. Become a patron at Patreon. And if you would like a tarot reading, I'm still doing that. I just did one yesterday. That was fun. Uh, They're $10. You just message me on Instagram, K-A-T-Y underscore W-I-G-G-I-N-S. And you can find me and we can set something up. Um, And you can like us on Instagram as well. And I believe that is all. So please have a spooky night. Filled with restless dreams. Of haunted things. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.